0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to whatever episode number 35. Um, as as you may have heard, this is going to be a clusterfuck of an episode. Um, Eddie, our, our rock, uh, is not here this week. He's He's got some familiar issues he's dealing with, and uh, uh, we wish him, uh, of course, nothing but the best. Uh, we almost even do the show this week, but we got some news that we should probably get out there, um, because by the time he gets back, it's not going to be really news and whatnot. And so. by the time anyone listens to this, it will also not be news. Um, so yeah, I'm in the captain's chair this week, and hey. it's really weird. Um, I'm in the mat chair, which is probably even weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we got Bryce, um, who's, who's, I guess, um, hey, me this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also have our, our buddy Seth with us, and he's never podcasted. So between the inexperience all around... Uh, this is gonna be a five-hour fucking show. Hey, hey. Okay. We've got, it's, like, three things to talk about, but it's a not gonna the size of the boat, it's the motion of the ocean, right? <laughs> right? Experience <laughs> is not necessarily key. Say hello, Seth. Give him a what up, yeah. Hello. Hey, look at that. There. See you The Dils the and Tone. And, and anybody um, out there listening, he's really quiet anyway most of the time, so... <laughs> um, so i guess we should get into it we got some big news on the mm. dc front this week um or actually i guess rather last week at CinemaCon, uh warner brothers confirmed that they are going to move forward with the ben affleck written batman script and in fact he will direct it as well as star in the lead role fuck yes yeah fuck yes anybody in the room have anything um a, a, d- does anybody in the room object to Ben Affleck's uh, role as Batman thus far? Yeah, Shark and Jaws. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. think anybody yeah. here has yeah. anything negative to say. I'm really excited because usually the shit he directs, he's fucking bombing anyway.
1: Yeah, Affleck's one that uh, <clears throat> I. I think what he's done that's kind of made people shy away from him, and maybe made people nervous about him being Batman in the first place, is I, I think he he tends to accept roles that are not really him, and. You know, he kind of he kind of does you know mediocre in those roles, and kind of gets a lot of shit for him. Uh, but when he directs and when he's in the right role, uh, the man is amazing. He's great.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that we know from uh, past conversations with either him—not that we've had conversations, but have you not conversations what? that That's... we've heard um, between either him or uh, Kevin Smith, who's directed him in numerous things—is one of the things Ben is really passionate about is Batman. Oh yeah, um, the fact that. A lot of people, and and if you're familiar with Kevin Smith, maybe you know this, but otherwise you probably don't. Um, Affleck only took the role of Daredevil because he didn't figure that there was any point at all in holding out for a Batman role at that point because uh, the franchise was essentially dead after Clooney did his job. (laughs) Yeah, and and obviously he was
1: essentially uh, right until this most recent resurgence of superhero movies and, you know, kind of Everybody's trying to cash in on the cash cow, and uh, you know, in and most of the time, they end up making damn good movies too. So yeah, not gonna complain about yeah. that.
0: And I, I'm one of the few people that don't blame uh, Ben for Daredevil because at the end of the day, there's a director that yells cut and print and does. Yeah, uh, there, there was somebody that was looking for
1: exactly that performance and exactly that script. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, so. and and. Yeah, they they were perfectly happy with what they received there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so, Seth, you saw Dawn of Justice, right? I have not. No, no. no. I thought you were talking about it when I came outside. No way, he was saying was he, was talking he wanted about to. I, I haven't seen it. And I want to. Oh, you should go see it. Mm. If nothing else, for the fact that Ben does kill it, like he's he's a monster as Batman.
1: Indeed. Yeah, we've talked ad nauseum about that, so I don't want to, you know, get our our regular listeners quote unquote like we have any of those. <laughs> My brother listens every week, dude. Good, good on you, Matt's brother. Good on you, Rob. His name's Rob. Come on, good, come on, guy. Good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely go see it. Um, hi, hi, that's there. Luna. She's she's she's, podcasting she's joined as well. us this evening, and she's a bit irritated because there's no place for her to lay down right now. Yeah, she's
1: distraught. She's not getting all the attention.
0: Oh. Um. So let's talk more about man. Uh, we've covered this before um, that they are doing an animated version of the uh, Killing Joke story arc from Batman, with everyone we love, um, bringing back Mark Hamill uh, in the role of uh, the Joker. The Joker, yeah, the Joker. Um, Kevin Conroy is coming back as Batman. Uh, but we found out definitively this last week that this movie, um, this animated movie, will get an R rating. So they'll be able to do everything that they did in the graphic novel and uh, and do it well.
1: Yeah, not to mention you've got you've got uh, uh, Tara Strong in there too, who's an extremely talented actress, voice actress.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who's who's she? Tara Strong.
1: Uh, I'm not sure the role of. I'm not sure what role she's gonna be. Um, I'm guessing possibly Barbara Gordon, but but she can do a lot of different things. Uh, yeah, let's let's take a look at that though. And yeah, but she's she's been essentially in everything. Uh, as far as animated voice work type stuff goes. Yeah,
0: she's one of the preeminent voice voiceover actors of, of our generation. So, Absolutely. Let's see if Killing Joke even has an IMDb yet. It does. Uh, it does. Look at that.
1: And what do we have on credits? Tara Strong, uh, Bad Girl, Gordon. Barbara Gordon. Look at that.
0: Okay, hold on. I got to
1: Oh, did we just drop a marker? I think I did. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Either way, Eddie's going to have to listen to the whole thing and cut it, so... Yeah,
0: he does. <laughs> Get the fuck out, bitch.
1: <laughs> Honestly, you could just leave that in. <laughs> I'm going, all right? Yeah, yeah, what the hell? All right, God.
0: All right, Luna was shown the door, so we're back. mm mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, Tara Strong, Bar- uh, Batgirl slash Barbara Gordon. Babs. Mm-hmm. Um, Babs. As I like to call her. Yeah um this is yeah I'm, I'm excited about this because i actually bought this um graphic novel several years ago for my wife for christmas mm-hmm. um and it's one of my favorite batman stories in fact if you're looking at getting into comics for the first time and haven't really read a lot of batman if superheroes are your thing mm-hmm. um the killing joke is probably one of the best ones to start with um yeah. as well as i mean it is considered canon in terms of the comic oh. book continuity and whatnot oh, but oh, it yes. was not actually published as as part of batman i don't think was it uh, I think it was published standalone. Yeah, yeah, it was, it wasn't, it was a standalone it story, a one shot, if you will.
1: Right, it wasn't. It wasn't part of an actual, you know, Batman or Detective Comics
0: series. Right. It,
1: it was published as a graphic novel uh, by itself. Yeah,
0: right. So, Killing Joke definitely a good place to start. And um, I mean, and if you're not, if you're still on the fence and you're not sure you want to commit to actually like, you know, buying a comic book or whatnot. Um, this is scheduled to come out this year. It's It's got a 2016 date on it, so uh, watch the fucking movie and then be like, oh, I am dumb for not reading comic yeah, books. Yeah, if you don't mind uh, mature themes
1: in your comics, right. uh, you did definitely want to get well, into we've,
0: that. We've covered Saga in its entirety up to this point, so anybody listening to this probably Have knows. Have you on the podcast? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we we've, we've done man. a read-through for the entire thing. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. No, you haven't. Yeah, you should listen to the show sometime. Fuck you. You're on it. no. 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 <laughs> If you do a read through a saga, I better be there. I mean, we didn't do, like, we didn't read the books, but we covered each uh-huh. issue. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah, well. Up to current. Like, now we're waiting for the next one to be published. Okay. Well, fuck, now I'm behind. I know I'm you are. I'm only
1: on issue 30. I'm five five issues behind. I'm still still waiting to see what's going on. Fucking, the stalk just got fucking killed, chopped in half. Mm-hmm.
0: Or no no no, the, no that's the, brand, the brand the brand sorry yeah. Yeah,
1: i'm stocks been dead a long
0: time i was gonna say you're not on issue 30 if you just yep, if the stock no. just got killed
1: that's but <laughs> you're on like issue four <laughs> yeah no the brand fucking the the, the will's sister mm. god that's a great book just met uh fiona staples at comic-con we'll talk about that a little bit later and she's one of the, the sweetest human being ever so
0: indeed we will get to that. Anyhow, move, move, moving on. Let's, let's talk some Marvel news. Um, killing joke we have, yeah. Yeah, this is this is kind of cool. We actually have a, a, a few items uh, under the Marvel banner to cover uh, this week. Um, Thor Ragnarok has has been casting like mad lately, mm. um, and we got uh, Tessa Thompson, who um, most notably has been in Creed recently. I haven't yeah. watched Creed yet, so I don't really know. I actually heard it's really fucking good, but I haven't seen it either. That's what I've heard, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I picked it up the other day, so I'll have to check it out. <laughs> Pick Picked it up? <laughs> yes. Yes. Legitimately. Definitely.
1: he yeah. um, <laughs> paid good money for that.
0: So we don't know who she's going to be yet. Hmm. So, no. I mean, are you... Imagine you're more familiar than I am with the,
1: the, the plot line of Ragnarok.
0: Um somewhat uh, it's yeah there's there's some stuff um, I guess Thor um, is is banished from Asgard is I think is where we pick up in it or okay. something I don't know if there's going to be any backstory for that yeah. um, we also know that Mark Ruffalo is going to play a large role in this as Bruce Banner slash the Hulk and he in so, the whole story takes place off planet um, essentially Thor Ragnarok I think is going to um, cover what Thor and Hulk are doing um, while the Civil War is happening
1: yeah, they've and and obviously they've alluded in the movies to this point that that Hulk is you know not trusting himself to stay around and kind of wants to get out of the area and and you know get out of people's hair.
0: Yeah, uh, when we last saw him in Avengers: Age of Ultron, he took the Quinjet and yeah. flew off by himself he, and whatnot. He, he so he's out, and there's a you know a little little uh, emotional moment with ScarJo and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Um Kate Blanchett is also in the movie. I don't know what role she's she's playing yet either, but that which, could just be because I haven't looked at IMDb. I don't know.
1: Which I'm just saying, but 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 Mark Ruffalo
0: you could totally do better than Scarjo. All right. Come hey, on. Hey. Watch how you talk about that, my redheaded lady, all right?
1: That piece of gutter trash.
0: <laughs> um yeah, so we've got some uh, some new cast members joining Thor Ragnarok. I'm, this movie, I don't think, comes out until next year sometimes, so I think we got a little ways before we actually no. um, get to see it in its entirety. We got this one um, next year. The two that we get this year, though, um, obviously we got uh, Captain America Civil War coming out in two weeks. Oh, my
1: God, yes.
0: And uh, as we record this, is two weeks, approximately. Uh, and then uh, later on this fall, we get uh, Doctor Strange. Which uh, have you seen the trailer for or the stills from yet? Oh, I have. I think I think Cumber Cumberbatch is
1: definitely in his element there. Looks ridiculous, like, yeah. I, I, and I mean that in the best possible way. Uh, amazing. Yeah, Looks great.
0: Mm-hmm. Faux show.
1: Sure. Yeah, but but with with Thor, I, I'm not thinking that we're gonna get uh, any sort of Natalie
0: Portman back. I don't think that that's expected. No, she's not returning. So. That's been confirmed. She's not coming back for this one. Shit. Which, considering the whole thing takes place off-planet, that's probably okay. I was kind of surprised she did it in the first
1: place. It doesn't really seem like her forte.
0: Um. Well, you know, she kind of went through that whole period of time after she was Padme that she didn't really get roles. I was going to say, it, it seemed like she would have learned her lesson from Padme. <laughs> uh, well, what came out? Did the first Thor come out before Black Swan? Ooh, I... Nah, fucked if I
1: know. Yeah. I mean, you're the one with IMDb right there. Uh, yeah, but it makes noise. Uh, yeah, you know, people don't mind. <laughs> people don't mind. It makes noise, man. I, I, I just don't feel like Natalie Portman and Thor was, was a. I don't feel like it was one of these things where she's, you know, like, oh, I really need the work. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: so Black Swan 2010. 2010, and yeah. Thor. It was 2011. So I guess Black oh, Swan no. was first. And well... she, she did that Your Highness movie, though, after that. Maybe that's. Oh, Jesus. That was a fucking train wreck. Yeah, that was an awful, awful movie. Which and is I like Danny McBride. Yeah, that I like Danny too McBride. Bad. Didn't that have James Franco in it too? Yeah, 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 I did.
1: Everybody likes James Franco. I mean, saying I like James Franco is
0: is really like you don't even need to say that, right? Because who doesn't like that mm-hmm. guy? Um, but it was one of her first roles after. There wasn't a whole lot of. Uh, I mean, she had some stuff. Stuff and things, some some video shorts and and some smaller some smaller roles and stuff. But other bull and girl was a was a pretty big one. And Dude, I didn't realize 20... V for Vendetta
1: was after Revenge of the Sith. No wonder. Yeah, yeah. And that was a big one for her. That was that was a uh, almost a comeback, I guess.
0: Yeah, me. but it was kind of shit on by the people that actually were familiar with the source material.
1: Well, it,
0: comic book nerds tend to be pretty harsh, a little overcritical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of that sometimes too. Mm-hmm. No way. But uh, all right, so let's talk some Deadpool. Oh oh
1: you mean you mean the sexy shirt that you're wearing? <laughs> oh my god, you guys right. need to see it. We need to we need to get some video on this podcast. Dude, nobody wants to see a fat guy in a big red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big. Red hey, is is, that? Not is red that an XL? Come on.
0: It's it's yeah. A but large red, XL. Red is red is not slimming. Uh, and that's all I'm saying. No, it's not. Um no, it's, so, it's it's form fitting in a good way. Come on. Seth, did you see Deadpool? I most certainly did. Good, good. All right. What did you think? It was a great movie. Um, were you familiar with the character of Deadpool before you went and saw it, or, or is this one of...
1: I was not too familiar with Deadpool,
0: but um, overall, I, it was entertaining. Uh, mm-hmm. Fuck yes, it was. It was amazing. Um,
1: they, they did a very good job of, of translating the character to screen. Uh, certainly, and and Ryan Reynolds deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, but it, additionally, the fact that they they didn't nerf the movie uh, in terms of you know how how Deadpool usually acts, uh, I think is is one of the big reasons it was successful.
0: Yeah, um, in fact, we put a link to a, a an article where Ryan Reynolds talks about the journey of making Deadpool because it was this was not an easy movie to make, especially mm-hmm. after what Fox mm-hmm. did to royally fuck up the character in, in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, I know of course we, we've, we've talked about Deadpool on the show before, so we don't really need to go into super like detailed, um, analysis of it. But obviously we know that this, this Deadpool was a lot more true to the, the comic book character. They didn't try and give him crazy Cyclops powers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it does a really good job of making fun of itself, or at least what what the character was in the last cinema cinematic incarnation, if you will. Yeah, it's, it's a very
1: self aware movie, which okay. is which is perfectly in line with the comic.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is just basically talking Ryan Reynolds talking about it, um, and, he, and he jokes early on in the article that uh, you know when they Fox gave them a budget for the entire movie of forty seven dollars and a bag of Skittles i'm pretty sure it was funnier when he said it 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 was um which i'm <laughs> i i just i i think just again ryan reynolds probably does self-deprecating humor better than most people and you know that's why they
1: pay him millions of dollars to do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's a fair point
0: i get paid nothing to do what i do so i mean <laughs> you do it for the love yeah for the joy. i do this, this for you guys because i love you the
1: joy that it brings to people's hearts
0: um, more Deadpool news, though. Um, obviously, we knew that Deadpool was getting a re- uh, uh, was getting greenlit for a sequel. Yes. Um, yeah, and Ryan
1: Reynolds was signed. Of anybody course.
0: that didn't know that after opening weekend is kind of dumb.
1: Yeah, that it, it was a <laughs> foregone conclusion at that point. But you know, you still got to hammer out the details because honestly, I would have figured that a Spider Man three or Amazing Spider Man three would have been foregone but uh, apparently you know
0: not. you know that so. spider-man 2 amazing spider-man 2 wasn't as well received as as the first one so i thought it was a damn good movie i actually did i, I, I it dug it because i understood where they they pulled from um oh, yeah. but uh, and we're actually gonna talk spider-man a little bit too so maybe we can get a little bit of Come philosophical on, they, they, spidey discussion
1: they killed off a character that's supposed
0: to be you know uh, and they did it right yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. um so there's a link to an article in here to, um, that we posted in, the, in uh, for this week's show too um, that basically talks about Ryan Reynolds signing on for it, which we, we knew that already. Um, but it also confirms that we get uh, Tim Miller back as a director. Yeah. yeah. Um, as well as Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick as writers, which that's more exciting news for me than Ryan Reynolds coming back because we kind of knew Ryan Reynolds was coming back. But sure. now we have the entire sure. creative team back on board and that's one of the things you worry about with a sequel is um if they cast a different director um or if they bring on screenwriters that weren't involved in the first project right you end up with a product that isn't necessarily
1: exactly it's it's just like Lawrence kasdan in the empire strikes back it
0: just ends up being a piece of shit (laughs) 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 or or more specifically it's like lucas trying to direct the prequels by himself uh, okay all right fine that's
1: that's more to your point yeah i'll give you
0: that Um, so yeah that's great news and um, this article also says as though it's fact that we are for sure getting cable which um, if we stayed for the stinger after the uh, first movie um, that might have been hinted at yeah did you stay through the credits I of Deadpool
1: no I did not
0: you oh man man the marvel movies they're always they're always there can i spoil it for you i'm
1: pretty sure you could just youtube the thing
0: but yeah the 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 stinger at the end of it was the entire closing sequence of ferris bueller's day off (laughs) like at the end of it when it after the credits are rolling and he comes out in his robe and he's like you guys are still here Mm -hmm. he does that whole thing only talks about deadpool or or cable bringing in cable for the next movie and whatnot so it's it's pretty funny Why does that not surprise me? Yeah, well done. Yeah, totally. Anytime you go to a movie that, even if it's Fox Studios, but it's a Marvel product, you got to stay for the for the through the credits.
1: This this is a very shit article that you've put up though, and I'll tell you that because if you notice where your cursor's at, uh, it says like Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. What?
0: Because that was her name.
1: Isn't it Mega? No, with an M. It's
0: Nega Are you shitting me? I'm not shitting you.
1: God damn it. I just
0: got pwned. You're as deaf as that black lady was blind in this movie. I just got, what,
1: what the fuck does Negasonic mean?
0: She's not, she's not black, so... No, but the black lady was.
1: You mean the old coke addicted black yeah. lady? Negasonic. What the fuck it's is It's Negasonic. Neg- Megasonic actually means something, though. Negasonic doesn't mean anything. But a, Negasonic is such a good word. comic
0: book name. No, it isn't. Come That's, on.
1: Negasonic Teenage Warhead is not a good comic book name. Well, that's that what... was that was the point of the name of the character is because okay, I've essentially just name. ruined
0: Deadpool for for Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know this is this is terrible. No, I'm actually I'm I'm very excited about this because um, the the thing about the thing about Deadpool that I, that could have been its only uh, weakness that I, that I can really think of myself is kind of the ending, the third act, and everything. They go a little bit bland with it, a little bit traditional. Like the final battle scene is kind of. Uh, to me, I mean, it's it's somewhat decent, but it doesn't it doesn't stick with the tone of the rest of the movie, and it doesn't necessarily stick with as much as the rest of the movie is different
0: from every other. Actually, I really comic dug movie it. Movie out there, I really dug it, especially the um after the dude was beaten. Yeah, and you got the whole moment where Colossus is trying to teach him to do the right thing and whatnot, well, yeah, and then it, of course he doesn't. Like, yeah, of course
1: that's you figured that yeah
0: i i dug that plus the whole thing takes place on a on a helicarrier which they couldn't outright say because marvel studios it was a docked helicarrier come on it was the helicarriers whatnot (laughs) um and it's supposed to be one of the same helicarriers that was that was um destroyed yeah no it's uh, it's under repair certainly in uh i I believe captain america winter soldier i think it was one of those helicarriers that That was that was was, the
1: avengers ones
0: well, I mean, they're all yeah, helicarriers. Oh, God. Right. How many helicarriers are there? Um, I mean, a Jesus. few. They got okay. a few. Okay, okay. But, three, but
1: in Winter Soldier, I believe there were several that There were, were three that they destroyed right yeah. there at the end. So. Oh,
0: Jesus. I need to watch the movie again. Winter Soldier? Yeah. yeah. Actually, we should probably get together and do a roundtable probably next weekend if you're around.
1: Uh, I planned to be. I think yeah. you did. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's on the docket. Yeah. Let's we should at that, least but, talk
0: about that movie before the Civil War comes out.
1: But... But anyway, I, I feel like I feel like the ending of Deadpool, I got a little bit of the sense of they wanted to make sure that it was still gonna be a little bit of a safe movie. Even though obviously everything
0: else was <laughs> you, you think uh, they're really worried about the last twenty minutes? A, like... a little bit. I really do. I really do. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. Just a little bit.
1: I, I, I feel like I feel like they went a little bit different on the tone and you know, it it, it could have been I, don't get me wrong, I love the movie, it was fantastic, but I, I think with a sequel and bringing the same creative team back, I, I think that they're going to feel like they have that much more
0: free reign, you know? Yeah. No, I just... You really think they're worried about the 20 minutes, huh? Like, 80 minutes of fuck you to every other comic book movie that's ever been made, and then they're Kinda. like, let's, and then, let's and then play they it sorta, safe for this ending sequence. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Like, come on, like the, the,
1: the girl, they put her in the... They, they put her in the, you know, the oxygen depriving tank, oxygen depriving tank. How long does that last? Come on. Like, there are far better ways and far more effective ways to use a hostage than to shove her over there and let
0: him immediately, you know, get her out. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. I have
0: no. And who doesn't want you to put Miranda back in, in a glass case? I would have her in a glass case if oh, she was God. in my house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to figure out that like whatever you
1: prick her with, like Cinderella or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> or no, Snow White. Damn it, I'm terrible with Disney shit. You, you are. I know. I no. Know. Yeah, look at her. Look at her. No, no, she's still smoking hot. Fifteen years later, or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Um. And so, Seth, I don't, uh, I don't know how much, um, like sci-fi TV and stuff that you've watched over the years, but. Uh, Mirena Baccarin, who played the female lead in this movie, has been a sci-fi staple for years because um, Firefly on Fox for its entire twelve-episode run, uh, she was one of the lead characters, and she actually played a prostitute and hey. played that character well. A hey. companion, all right, yeah, as a, a companion. companion. Thank
1: you. I've heard of Firefly, but I've never actually watched the series. Did you? Uh, did you watch Serenity the movie? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that was that was sort of the end cap So to you have Firefly. some homework then. Yeah,
0: well, absolutely. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, Fireflies on Netflix, so you can you can pull it up on there and, and check it out.
1: You can you can check it out in the in the intended order rather than the actual order that it was aired in.
0: Yeah, because Netflix yeah. actually does have it in the correct order, mm-hmm. and then the final two episodes, I believe, were never aired on Fox because they only aired twelve out of the fourteen episodes. Yeah, one of the one of the travesties of the modern age. Part of the reason that show actually died was because they didn't air it in the correct order. I I would highly agree with
1: that. Yeah. yeah. Not that there's a, an, an incredible continuity between episodes, but there's definitely a lot of getting there's to know story. the characters. There's a story. There's an overall story. There's like, a lot of getting to know the characters more than anything. There, there are character arcs that would have been fucked up by putting them in different orders. But I, I get the feeling that for, for, for whatever reason, it's like idiocracy. It's just something that they wanted to die.
0: Go away, Baton. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: They did everything they could to kill that movie, and hmm. and it's just so fucking great that you know once it got to video and
0: people actually started watching it, there it,
1: it really took
0: off. Idiocracy, and, yeah, dude, yeah. yeah, that movie. I think did it even like it wasn't even nationwide, was it? When it went no, theaters, it no, was they select put, theaters only. They,
1: they put it into the contractual minimum number of theaters, right? Because
0: like the studio didn't want to get behind it at all. There
1: was some there. I don't remember the whole story, but there was something where the studio just decided they wanted to kill the movie. Ed, so they they put as narrow a release as possible. I, I wanna say it was like a couple dozen theaters that it yeah. went to.
0: Which honestly was shitty for Luke Wilson because that guy mm-hmm. probably could have done as high of caliber roles as, as Owen did for that period of time. Oh yeah. Uh, but that movie was I think the nail in his coffin as far as casting and whatnot.
1: God, that's such a great movie too. It it really is. I was gonna say that was I laughed my ass off. It was great. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: It was underrated. No, yeah. no, you're you're not wrong at all.
1: No, I, I mean it's underrated in that they intentionally tried to bury it and make it a a, a movie that would just disappear. Um. Uh, but
0: do you know how many of those lines that I have used from that movie just in recent? past um due to trump's presidential candidacy oh god damn it <laughs> back to
1: comic books <laughs> like, like he just needs to come
0: out next time he does a, a fucking uh whatever those things are <laughs> donald mountain Dew verizon trump yeah. yeah he just needs to come out with a brondo banner behind him <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, that's enough um, we, we
1: need to get somebody that knows how to do photoshop to yeah. uh, <laughs> assist us with
0: that <laughs> um so let's talk some spider-man I like him. Um, yeah, <laughs> I like Spider Man. I like Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talked last week on the show. Well, you didn't, but Eddie and I did. Mm. Uh, we talked about how. Um, Who is this wee? I know. Yeah. We talked about how in the reboot, we we actually found out that um, in addition to Marvel being able to use Spidey in their movies,
1: yeah,
0: um, they are going to be able to use other Marvel Cinematic Universe characters in the Spider Man standalone movies as well. Okay, um, which so is really cool. A little bit of a. Uh... A little bit of a, of a Dutch rudder going on there. Well, sort of. Yeah. Essentially, the agreement is as is as follows. The studios will work cooperatively together. Neither studio will actually pay each other any money. Okay. They're just working in cooperation. But they hopes.
1: free to earn the money that they get from the movie.
0: Exactly. Essentially. And, and they're hoping that by doing this, it'll increase the credibility of the Spider-Man franchise, number one. And number two, Marvel has all the fucking momentum in the world. Sure. But what do you do to add to that? You fucking throw Spider-Man in there. Because there is a certain percentage of people that maybe don't give a fuck about Iron Man or the Hulk or anything like that. But then when you add Spidey into the mix, it's a different story. I mean, plus so, he's
1: he's a character in that universe. And he's sort of conspicuously absent. Yeah, and he's, he is an Avenger major, off and on as major, well. So, yeah, yeah, he's... exactly.
0: Yeah. So, um, but we actually learned um, this week, over the last couple of weeks, that um, the reboot actually has a title. It's going to be Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, Are they going to play that Vitamin C song? Maybe. (laughs) Which is um, actually an older comic book story arc that they did. Seems to Um, be a theme, yeah. And because we know that the Spidey is younger and actually is is going to be actively Spider-Man, but also still a high school student, um, this kind of makes sense. Um, And then the article that we linked to um, this week actually talks about them eyeing Michael Keaton as a potential villain. Good Michael night, Keaton. Jada. It's so hot right now. Mm. So, Birdman. Keaton. So hot right now. Mm. I think. I don't think that did any good when I. Boom
1: marker. There you go. Yeah, you have to. You have to have the focus on your. I'm at right, least gonna right say it because even yeah. if I don't drop it
0: in there, he can. Marker. He can, <laughs> then he then he can at least be like, oh, he said marker. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna marker that one. Yeah. Know. Um. So yeah, Keaton. He's an older guy now. And I can't really think of, I mean, maybe Norman Osborn, uh, but my my money's on the vulture if you're going to have... Well, hold
1: on. You said Homecoming is already a, a comic story arc. Yeah. You, what, what happens in the story? I don't
0: know. I've not read it. I haven't even researched it yet. You son of a bitch. I know, you're right? You're the worst prepared, the worst prepared I know. I know. podcaster only... I've ever heard of in my
1: life. I know. I know. See, that that would answer questions right now. You just go read that shit. You read every other comic in the world, and you know every other story arc in the world. Dude, do you know how many Spider-Man comics there are? Yeah, like a billion, but I figure you've read at least like three quarters of them. (laughs) Marker. Matt's on his phone. Marker.
0: Marker. No markers. No (laughs) markers. I thought Eddie texted me, but it turns out it was just Kevin Smith tweeting, which I really shouldn't have a notification for that, (laughs) because Jesus Christ all the time
1: fat man and his tweets
0: yeah um all right so that's that's some spider-man news there's and this isn't really news this is actually an article that got published about a year ago year and a half ago um Mm -hmm. and i put this in here specifically for people like bryce hey um because it brings into question the toby mcguire spider-man that of course spun his own webs out of his wrists and whatnot right he's coming out of his wrists yeah what kind of diet would somebody need in order to produce that much spider silk, right? Right. Okay. Um, so, this is pretty interesting because it talks about how um, if you would need to make about, uh, if, if you wanted to start out his night crime fighting with 100 meters of silk ready to use, uh-huh. um, it, it, that would take about 90 grams. Okay. Which would be the equivalent of about 60 eggs. N- 90 grams of what? Of Protein? Of the silk. 90 grams of silk to equal okay. 100 meters okay, or whatnot 90, 90 meters. So, okay. which which would equal out to the, the amount of protein of about 60 eggs about 60 eggs okay. right okay. Okay. Makes sense. Um, and then it goes on to talk about how the um, the dive when he saved Mary Jane uh-huh. at the end of the first movie sure that would take about 900 eggs <laughs> to produce that much silk because of the distance that he fell and the elasticity and everything. Or maybe one super egg. Maybe one super egg. Um, (laughs) But then we don't even, we don't even get into talking about Spider-Man two, which is probably the best of that trilogy where he stops the train with all the, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just,
1: he's just fucking coming out of his wrists left and right. Right. Right.
0: mm. It's just like a giant web orgy looking all haggard and then haggard like Merle. And then he collapses, and, and he of course they peace. have to passes. They have to crowd surface body through crowd the his through his, the train. His
1: maskless body through the train. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Sort of. Here you go, Mister. <laughs> only it wasn't a Coca Cola; it was a stupid fucking mask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't stupid. Yeah, those movies were all right. Hey, well, hey, not the third one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, and,
1: and like you were talking about earlier, bringing "quote unquote" credibility back to this the Spider Man franchise. I, I feel like there was only the one movie that kind of took any credibility away from the spider-man franchise and it was that third yeah the third toby Maguire one
0: the thing is is the the webs out of his wrists yeah. always stuck in my craw i hated that you didn't like that from the from the get-go and i i thought toby did a good job as far as being peter parker because he was sure. really timid and, and awkward and shit yeah um But he was also super smart, and I hated the fact that they were just like, well, we're not going to spend any time showing you how smart he is by having him develop these web shooters. Like, we're just going to have it happen, you know, biologically. And they were like, it would take far too long to to do that. And then Amazing Spider-Man came out, and it was like a two-minute long montage, and it was like, oh, look, look at that. He made web shooters. Look
1: at that, look at that. And everybody in the audience understands
0: what he's doing. Come on, though. Like, like...
1: If you're talking about this article here, you're sort of sort of referencing that as far as how much he would have to eat and how unrealistic that is. Like, if you look at the Andrew Garfield things, I imagine if you try to calculate the amount of spider silk that he actually used in the movie, based on you know the amount that would would have been held in his wrist, like it, it would be something equally ridiculous as to I'm not saying you're you know, wrong how much of this silk fluid comic book or movies whatever. <laughs> comic movies
0: are not hard sci-fi by any means. What?
1: So you mean they can't really put fucking four helicopter blades on the side of an aircraft carrier and make it fly? No right. way. Right.
0: No way. So, uh well, yeah, come on, man.
1: <laughs> it's it, it was funny. No, 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 I'll tell you a quick story. I was watching the Avengers in the theater and uh you know, as far as comic books and my comic book history goes, I'm much more on the DC Batman side of things, uh Batman specifically, but you know, some other things a little Spider-Man and whatnot, but I, I never really read any Avengers books. So I actually didn't know that they had these flying aircraft carriers. And <laughs> I'm sitting there watching the movie, and all of a sudden the aircraft carrier, you know, the blade starts spinning up, and the, and the aircraft carrier lifts out of the water. And I'm getting all mad because the physics of that don't make sense, and that thing would be way too heavy, and there's and- no way. And then I'm just like, wait a second, I'm in a goddamn superhero movie with a god, <laughs> and like... And, and, and I'm
0: mad about the have, aircraft carrier. Have you carrier. been on an aircraft carrier? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. I so
1: they're, they're pretty big.
0: Yeah. They wouldn't fly very easily. <laughs> no, I think, I think the only one I was ever on was actually... What was the New Jersey? It was a battleship, right? Wait, what were you on? The uh, New Jersey. The USS New Jersey? Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: I think that is a battleship. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And it was pretty fucking big, but nowhere near the size of a goddamn carrier. No, carriers are... You, you would know if you were on a
1: carrier, Right. Like,
0: they're yeah. that big. So, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, just the physics of, of lifting the New Jersey out of the water. I mean... <laughs> would have been essentially impossible, because, yeah. Because, Seth, have you ever been on a, on a, on a naval vessel? A vessel. I, I like how you ask Seth questions uh, well, right when he takes some drinks and beer. I, I every time.
1: <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm out, so I think you need to kind of hurry up Mr. Nurse, Nurse Tesson over there. Um
0: yeah I thought your wife
1: was the nurse no (laughs) way
0: um a naval ship is solid fucking steel like (laughs) like um no bones about it yeah literally like it doesn't take walking through more than one or two doors before you learn to pick up your feet because if you don't your shins are running into just fucking just an edge of solid steel and everything and the whole ship is that way Mm -hmm. um so when they show the like the the massive, helicarriers being lifted out of the out of the water, that's that's where Bryce's science brain kicks in. It was like, what the fuck? I know. But obviously, it's comic books, and you, can, I, I you start can do to think shit about like
1: you know a, a normal human turning into a, a giant Green Hulk that is super strong and super angry. <laughs> well, that's that's theoretically. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Hawkeye just you know hitting everything with his arrows, and I yeah, I was. I was Hawkeye's... like, okay, all right, all right. I just had Here's, to. This had is to, the funny part. I Hawkeye... force myself to suspend my disbelief. Hmm.
0: Hawkeye is kind of the. Um, he's kind of an analog to like uh, you would think Green Arrow or something like that from mm. DC, right? Like sort the of. Marvel analog and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then there's Arsenal, A.K.A. Speedy, um, Green Arrow's former sidekick, mm. and I don't know if they're still going with this particular um version of the character. But back in the '90s and whatnot, they they revealed that um arsenal was a uh metahuman and he literally couldn't miss Ooh, okay his targets and stuff like that that was yeah. his special power and whatnot gotcha. um but they don't really have anything like that going for, Haw- for hawkeye he just <laughs> fucking hits everything like he, he just... he's
1: just good he's just good behind the back you know whatever. unless
0: quicksilver takes it <laughs> what you didn't see that coming oh, oh <laughs> man. right in the fields. um oh. Here's a question while yep. I'm finishing my, my beer. Yep. Yep. Uh, which Quicksilver did you like better?
1: Uh, man, I thought, Oh, okay. I acting wise, I could kind of go either way and you better actually drink that beer. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. He's just, I, I don't know. He, he prefaces is like, like this is his excuse to drink beer. And then he just leaves his beer there. Um, as far as the the acting goes, I I don't know if I could choose one, but I really 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 enjoyed the scene in the kitchen, you know, the, and they're you know he slows down uh, time, the running, yeah, 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 from, yeah the from days kitchen. of future Pass. exactly, and that I, I think that was one of the best uses of the character and, and ways to show that the the power that he
0: has the, the way screen. they shot that scene with the with time in the bottle playing in the background mm-hmm. too was yeah. was pretty oh, fucking phenomenal dude. um i really dug the kid that played him in in the avengers though like i, I thought i did too i like yeah. i like both versions of it um but that scene for me was was you know that that's what pushes it over the edge ironically those were um the lead characters from kick-ass did you know that both I, of them. I was just I gonna like, say
1: really. it's like that's Kick-Ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's Quicksilver. And just, that, the Avengers Quicksilver was Kick-Ass, <laughs> and then the one
0: that played Quicksilver in Days of Future Past was his, his friend. Oh, no shit. Yeah. They were wow. both in that movie.
1: God, Kick-Ass was such a great movie. It's it really was. so good. Him. The second one, eh,
0: it was decent. But... I haven't watched the second one yet. It was decent. It's not as good, but it, it's, it's still good. The deal is, is I, I had to watch the first one again before I watched it, and then yeah. um, I really haven't really made the time uh to do that but uh i mean i can watch it i guess whenever now but you're you're a grown-ass man i'm a grown-ass man but i'm also married which means i don't (laughs) get to make my decisions (laughs) you're a grown-ass i am in essence a child at this point grown-ass eunuch yes (laughs) i'm allowed to wipe my own ass and that is pretty much the extent of it (laughs) oh yeah and that's only because And if i stop doing that right I lose that, too. That's only like. because your wife wipes, wipes ass all day. Right. <laughs> right. Um, all right. We got a couple more things to talk about, but I guess we're going to get some beer first. Yep, yep, yep. Let's do it. All right. We are back.
1: And uh, guess what?
0: We're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars. Uh, my favorite subject. I'm like, we haven't made numerous references to it before. Um, this is actually kind of cool. So, they're going to be doing a... Um, they I believe Alamo Drafthouse who owns several theaters you know nationwide and whatnot mm-hmm. um are actually going to be releasing the original trilogy um theatrically again uh coming up soon uh is this the original original trilogy they are not they're the special editions okay fair enough so okay. my understanding on that whole situation is that um when Lucasfilm was sold mm-hmm. Uh, they did not buy the original theatrical releases of the original trilogy because I believe Fox still has part ownership in those. Ah. So I think George Lucas and Fox are still pretty well... have their talons in, in those particular movies. So I don't know if we'll see those again for a good long time. Which is too I bad. I feel like Disney really should have shelled out
1: the extra money to get those. That's the
0: thing is I don't even know if they were an option. Because Lucas mm. is so fucking hell-bent on convincing us that the special edition trilogy is is... His original vision. Yeah, and 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 George, I hate to break this to
1: you, but nobody gives a fuck what your original vision was. We care
0: about the movies that we grew up with. We only care that fucking Greedo didn't shoot first. All right. <laughs> even even Bryce, who's argued with me about this <laughs> ad nauseum, will tell you that the original theatrical releases—they're just fucking better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's like you you ah, man. Like, you don't understand, it doesn't matter what the intent of the movie was, we, we we grew up with them and we grew to love them in a certain way, and, you know, changing that, as much as I don't give a shit if, if Greedo shot first or Han shot first, because it, it, it's a moot point in my mind, as much as that's the case, the, the fact that he went through and decided he needed to change it is is definitely something that, that rubs me the wrong way.
0: That would be like if Kevin Smith went through and remastered Dogma. And and then CGI'd the Golgothan. right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, and the fact that it was a rubber poop monster in the first movie exactly. in the in the original version of the movie doesn't fucking it, matter. It's a practical like, it's, effect. That's, yeah.
1: that's, we, that's why we like it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you seen Dogma, Seth? I actually have not seen Dogma. Oh. One of these weekends, you're gonna spend like two days here, and we're just gonna watch a shit ton of stuff.
1: You know. <laughs> Given your uh, history with religion and things like that, you even though it wasn't Catholic, you would probably uh, find a lot of things to identify with in dogma.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: I would guess. Yeah, because they're all kind of the same.
0: Plus, Alan Rickman gives one of the best performances of his career That's in in exactly. that movie. It wasn't Harry Potter? No, it wasn't Harry Potter. I mean, or or even Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, Hans, rate, Hans Gruber. Yeah, he was he was a perfect Snape, though. I mean, no, he no, was no disrespect to Harry he, Potter at all. Like, here's <laughs> the thing: you can read those books mm-hmm. without having seen the movies, and that's the that's the person that you envision when you You still picture Snape. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you still picture Rickman as Snape. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. And I think that that uh, uh, J.K. Rowling or you know Joe, as now I
0: call her, Joe Rowling.
1: I, th- I think she's perfectly admitted that that he was exactly who she had in mind when she wrote the character in the first yeah. place. Yeah, oh, totally. And he yeah. was also
0: the only person um, from the onset of filming that she gave any clue as to where his character ended up.
1: Mm. Yeah, because they started filming well before the, the book series was fully published. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah.
0: I think only the first four were, were, were out when the first movie was done. Maybe, maybe the second, I don't remember.
1: That's actually, when you think about it, that's quite a gamble that the last three books are actually going to be good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. You you know? Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I can tell you the first time I ever watched that movie, and Mm -hmm. and I I will admit fully that I watched the first movie before... um, Actually, I watched the first two movies before I ever started reading the books. Okay. Um, It was at Seth's house, because I I bought the DVD, and I I took it over there, and we watched it one night on on a weekend or whatnot, and then I'm pretty sure there was lots of Bud Light or Mike's Hard Lemonade or something like that involved. Hey, this wasn't your wedding, all right? <laughs> I never told you why I don't drink that, do I? No, I don't think so. Let's, let's tell the world, uh, those, those of us that are listening. <laughs> we, we talked earlier about how the duplex that I lived in uh-huh. originally was Seth and Brenda lived in at first, right? Sure. We were there when it was, when it was their place, um, and I remember specifically because Seth had a... Um, a cord for his subwoofer running across the carpet Mm -hmm. and it was taped down, but I fucking kicked it right at the connection. Every single time I walked to the bathroom. Um, but I drank most of a 12 pack of Mike's hard cranberry lemonade by myself. And I had the biggest fucking bellyache of my life, not like vomiting or anything else. There was just so much sugar and sweet
1: yeah, you're, not, that you're not supposed to drink that much. Heartburn, man. I had so much heartburn. Because
0: there's not enough booze to get you drunk. You know, so I'm just, I'm trying. But, yeah.
1: Uh, th- those aren't meant for alcoholics, all right? <laughs> yeah, you know. They're, they're meant for, like, like 19-year-old girls at fucking South Padre Island or some shit. Oh, somebody likes the... Ooh. Excuse
0: the fuck out of me. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Somebody doesn't want to join the conversation, but is perfectly happy to, I know. to steal beer. I see how
0: it is. She doesn't. She's not ballsy like this when Eddie's here. That's why I, mm. we can't do this without him.
1: Need somebody to keep you in check. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's take a foray into the beer that we're drinking. Uh, we should talk about probably
0: now. a lot of the beer that we've been drinking. Oh, that's a fair point. Um, the first beer that we had was from where? Ballast Point.
1: What I, you're, you're skipping past the cans.
0: Well, I mean,
1: case. as we've been podcasting. Okay, as we've been podcasting. We
0: have been drinking beer yes. throughout the majority
1: of the uh, evening. Uh, Ballast Point is a fantastic brewery out of uh, San Diego, California. Coronado Island, in fact. Um, and uh, they made a pretty interesting watermelon IPA, which was 10% alcohol. Um, so we're all plenty, plenty lit up by that. Uh, And I I had a growler of that. So So we saw some left actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We'll we'll go back to it. But we had to take a break to get into the Stone beer.
0: Yeah. um, Stone has been releasing fantastically hoppy beers pretty much from the time that they started. In fact, my first experience with Stone was with the um, Arrogant Bastard Pale Ale, um, as probably is the case for many people.
1: My first experience with with hoppy beers was with Eric and Bastard. Absolutely, I know.
0: And it's funny because what they consider a pale ale, most most IPAs aren't even that hoppy. To, you know to what be I mean? fair,
1: it's an American strong ale. It's not a pale.
0: It used to be marketed as a pale.
1: Well, that's because I'm just telling you. That's because
0: I think they they, they diversified after after craft beer started becoming a thing. Right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it is it is probably hoppier than most IPAs actually. Oh, yeah. um, it used to be anyway. The the.
1: West Coast IPAs are, are definitely getting to the, the point where they're absurdly hoppy. In some we're cases, we're a little bit more but, ballsy these days than we used to be. But if you go if you go East Coast or you know sort of elsewhere across the country, um, an IPA is not going to be as hoppy as a stone beer, like yes. a stone non IPA.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, but they started doing these um, enjoy buy series, which is they they print a date on the bottle, which mm-hmm. is. You need to drink this beer before this date. Otherwise, it starts to get stale. The hops... Right. The hops are the hops are best fresh. They're best drank fresh. Right. Hops... Uh, maybe for the, the benefit of the audience, maybe we should talk a little bit about the hops and the IPAs I mean, I, and, and the origin. I could S- talk about that for a while. So an India Pale Ale um, was essentially created because when um, the English were in control of uh, India, mm. they shipped beer from england to india that's a long ways which was a long ways at the time because it was actually literally by boat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so what they would do is they would just add a shit ton of hops because hops act as a natural preservative for the beer so it wouldn't um rot or be spoil yeah, yeah it wouldn't be super flat or anything like that by the time it got to to india um and so that kind of developed into a regular thing they started um, actually pouring it in England still with, with the extra hops and stuff like that. And and people people really dug up a taste for it. Yeah. Um, and it's one of my favorite style of beers, but we've kind of gotten spoiled because we don't use the hops as a preservative anymore. We use it as a, as a flavor and Um, or, and or smell and or smell, Mm -hmm. um, which the aroma of a beer is just as important as the flavor because it actually influences the flavor and how your palate accepts it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I dig hoppy beers. And, and in fact, when Bryce and I first started hanging out, he wasn't as into the hoppy beers originally. Um, oh, yeah, very true. Very true. And yeah. honestly, we still have kind of our own things. Like, I am more of a straight up IPA or double IPA kind of guy. Mm. Um, Bryce will buy anything that has any kind of Belgian influence whatsoever to try it because he's, he's really into the Belgian yeasts and the Trappist yeasts and things like that. I I just tend to like extremities in my beers, whether they're very, very
1: strong, very, very hoppy, very, very dark, something, something about them that, that kind of uh, brings one aspect of beer almost to an absurdity. Like that's, that's kind of what I tend to gravitate towards. I,
0: I, I really enjoy brewing beer with you because we sit down and we start to write recipes and then like what starts out as a as a basic IPA or a basic, you know, um Belgian uh, clone or or anything like that it gets a little funky within about 15 minutes we're like but what if we add jalapenos <laughs> or what if we put cranberries what if we do cranberries and jalapenos oh my god that, that was a good idea <laughs> it was good that there that was a good beer that we we initially did beer. that beer as as an entry into a competition and then we drank it all yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> A, fuck it. I don't care about accolades. I don't care about competitions. Yeah. I just care that my shit's good and I like it.
0: Yeah. You know? um, That's all and, there is to it. And honestly, it's, it's worked out well because I don't think we've actually done a collaboration that we haven't enjoyed. No. Not at all. Yeah. So.
1: What was it? Orlando? The Lando? The uh, Lando is, is our, uh, our the la- Russian
0: la- Imperial <laughs> Stout that we it's, do. It's our great white buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> great white buffalo. Yeah. Um, it's delicious, yeah, and we haven't wow. done it. We didn't do it this last year. No, we haven't brewed in a long time, and No, we, but...
1: We need to change that soon. Well... You got money now. You got uh, cash.
0: It's not even about the money. It's about the space in this house. Well, yeah, now it but, is. But before it was about the money. But here's mm-hmm. the deal. In a couple weeks, I'm moving. I've heard. And the place that I'm moving to is bigger. Mm-hmm. We can brew outside. We can brew inside. There's in backyard, room inside. There's backyard. room outside. Oh. And... We gotta get the burner out. We gotta We gotta do outside. Here the covered patio out back, not quite as big as I had originally thought it was. So I mean that'll probably yeah, work. Yeah, but we, we brew without a covered patio during the patio summer. We can throw it out in the yard and and let it go for a while anyway. Yeah, it won't matter. We, but... we
1: brewed without a covered patio at your old place, so I'm not worried about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a good time. Mm. It's uh, we're, we'll definitely do more beer. Excited. This is not on topic at all because we were talking about Star Wars, but I guess we don't need to.
1: You know, I I don't feel it that people that listen to this podcast. Uh, care as much as you if you stay on topic.
0: <laughs> you know, here's the deal. My brother likes beer too, mm-hmm. and he's the only person that I know of that listens to this <laughs> the, on, the, on a, regular, on a basis, regular basis. So it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's yeah. totally fine. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. Mm-hmm. So we, we were talking about Star oh yeah, Wars the Stone IPAs. No, we we never even finished what we're drinking. Oh, yeah, we are yeah. drinking Enjoy by four twenty. Four twenty. Yeah, they they tend to make uh their Enjoy by
1: and Enjoy after. Beers because they do two series. the The enjoy are generally IPAs because those are best drank fresh, and they want you know they want they don't want the hops to become stale or anything like that. And the enjoy after series are, are often things that they want to age in the bottle. Like like for New Year's, we, we it was a it, it was, was an IPA bread. as well, but it
0: was but it was aged with uh, Bratomyces. Yeah, Brettanomyces, Brit- is a, a
1: souring um, yeast that that would is gonna you know add some more which- uh,
0: alcohol Brettanomyces, well lactobacillus—they both kind of had the same properties, but the right. but the Brett really has a distinct flavor to it that is really good. Oh yeah, and and that was a that was a great beer, although I was relatively fucked up
1: by the time I drank it. <laughs> you were, I, I was, you really were. <laughs> That's what New Year's is for, all right. We didn't even uh, drink it on New Year's. We drank it like the week after. <laughs> that's, that's true, but but it was enjoy after. I think it was a twelve twenty five of of twenty fifteen. No, so, it
0: was legitimately. It was twelve twenty. It was twelve thirty one. It was, was a it New Year's beer. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. Their
1: they're enjoy buys and enjoy afters are are generally uh, for. Significant dates such as New Year's. There was a Fourth of July one last year, and there was an April and, April twentieth one this year. And there's if, a
0: four twenty every year. That if they do if one, you yeah. need me to
1: explain why four twenty is a a significant date, then you're probably not actually listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you probably quit by now. Thank why goodness. not? Yeah. Why wouldn't you quit? <laughs> I can't quit you. Mm. Yeah,
0: you know, you don't quit listening to our show because you love us. <laughs> so we talked about star wars a little bit and how there's uh the alamo draft house is going to do some <laughs> some uh some kessel runs if you will i guess they're not entire kessel runs because they're not doing the prequels they're just doing the uh the the original trilogy so they're only doing the movies that matter okay so that's right, fine. right 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 mm-hmm. um so uh, anybody that's interested so far locations uh, include san francisco washington dc la new york miami dallas austin boston uh, Philadelphia, and there's more shows to be added at a later date. Um, we don't have, I don't think, anything that's remotely owned by Alamo Drafthouse in our area. So, uh, likely not. But San Fran's probably the closest, and that's like a six hour trip. They might
1: they might shoot something up to Seattle.
0: Maybe. Would be, would be the best. Which that, is I a think. four and a half hour trip. So, you know. Yeah. Six hey, and I one half dozen. I live really in matter.
1: Portland. It's like a three hour trip. So, yeah, fuck you. Well, I don't
0: live in fucking Portland. All right. Well, maybe. No, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. That's true. <laughs> you're too you're much. Fine too where you're much at. beer up there. <laughs> you're fine where you're at,
1: yeah. <laughs> too 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 much beer and donuts up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so if you are available, um or or if there's a theater that's showing it in your area, definitely check it out. Tickets will be on sale, ironically, on May the fourth. Why the fuck are they doing this in August, by the way? I don't know why they're doing it in August. Like I understood when they
1: you know re-released them and everything and and did the special editions prior to the prequels in 95
0: uh, uh, 97, I guess. 97, 97 yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. that ma- that made sense you know and and then they would you know have all three movies right in a row which which well and know, that was the 20th anniversary
0: of the original star wars as well 97 right so. 77 and 97 yeah um
1: but but why yeah I, I don't get why august
0: this august makes sense i do I mean, from a from oh, really? a money standpoint. Well, yeah, they want more. <laughs> well, no, it's not. They want more um, money. We like it. Give this us is more. this <laughs> is actually um, this is actually kind of smart because in in the areas that that have Alamo Draft House theaters that they can do this in, mm-hmm. um, it gets people really geared up for Star Wars, and you do it in August, and then you've only got four months to wait for Rogue One, a Star Wars story, to come out too. So it kind of gets the juices flowing and. So you think they're 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 trying to pimp that, that movie I don't know that they have to pimp the movie. I mean yeah. it's just I mean it's Alamo Draft House too. It's not even like they're a like one of the major chains or anything like that. But it's I true. I think it definitely will help people that are that frequent Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's go see we'll do this in August and then four months later we'll do the new one. Like That's speaking of which good. I uh, you and I haven't really talked about the trailer too much for the new one, have you? Rogue One? Yeah, have you oh, seen it? I have, I, I, I watched it once I haven't I haven't gone through it and picked, Jones. picked it with a fine tooth comb, but I don't usually do that anyway. Yeah, so. have you watched it, Seth? I have not. What? Oh boy. Alright mm. I'm gonna drop a marker right now because I'm gonna make Seth watch this shit
2: I definitely wanna go see it mm-hmm. Yeah <laughs>
0: Um Yeah. Eddie and Bryce and I have known this movie it was coming for a while mm-hmm. Um this is what's interesting is we're kind of plugged into all this stuff. Um for those of you listening at home, uh Seth is totally into all this kind of stuff, but he doesn't go out of his way necessarily to find out about things like this and stuff. So, um yeah, I think
1: I think I think Seth is kind of between uh I am between you and Seth in, in as much as I look at these things. Seth
0: so, yeah. Seth kind of essays the role of the everyman hmm. when when we do things like this and and sure. Um, case in point, uh, when we went and saw Batman vs. Superman, yep. you hadn't watched the second trailer right? before we went. And so the, the final big bad of the movie, when that was revealed, it was genuinely a surprise to you. Yeah. Um oh, yeah. And we got done with the movie, and he was like, man, I didn't know he was in this. And I, I, I sat there, and I looked like, at, at Bryce, and I was like, man.
1: You mean that thing they gave him in the trailer? Yeah,
0: no, no, but at, no, I was actually envious, because I was like, yeah. how great a feeling is that? Because the the biggest complaint, and we've talked about this, too, on the show numerous times, is the marketing was terrible for this movie. They gave away too much stuff. Um, Star Wars Episode Seven. Is the perfect fucking marketing trail to follow because they gave away nothing having to do with the plot.
1: Right. Well, I wouldn't say perfect because they still, you know, went and sold oranges, you know, <laughs> with BB-8 on them and shit. But the, you know what? But as far the, as... the key
0: point is that they sold oranges <laughs> with BB-8 on them. You know what I
1: mean? In, in as much as as they gave away a perfect amount about the movie to get you really enticed without actually knowing much of what was going on it fueled tons of rumors none of which were right you know right that that is where they went absolutely right with you
0: movie. know there's still a pretty large contingent of people out there that, that swear that by episode 9 that it'll be revealed that Luke is the so the, the new big bad you you know what I saw today which which I don't know if there are any
1: big news articles or anything and I don't know if you've seen anything about this uh, but it's 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 hot off the presses and hot news uh, from what I've Heard J.J. Abrams said that Ray's parents were not in Episode 7.
0: Yeah, he kind of uh recanted that, though, later. Did he? Did yeah. he? What did he say? Uh, he just... I did read that, and mm-hmm. I think I read it here. <laughs> hey, look at that. Front <laughs> like, <page>. right here. <laughs> um And this update says that he is saying what I meant was that she doesn't discover them in Episode 7. Not that they're not in it.
1: Oh my god! Obviously, what the fuck? Uh, Jesus Christ, JJ, you didn't tell us. You didn't say anything. Essentially, yeah, yeah that's why. That, are that, you shitting me? That's why
0: the story didn't end up in the are show notes you tonight.
1: Shitting me. Well, okay, hold on. Doesn't discover them at all, or doesn't discover that they are her parents.
0: Doesn't discover them. That's mm, pretty ambiguous.
1: Yeah, because I think it. I think most people are with the fan theory that that she's Luke's kid one way or the other. Yeah. And um, I fully agree with that. It makes the other sense. theory
0: that jumped out as soon as he did this interview. This was an interview that Chris Rock actually did with him uh, where this happened. But the other theory that jumped out afterward was that um, she is somehow descended from Obi-Wan.
1: Mm.
0: Which I mean, That's been in there. It doesn't make as much sense, though.
1: You'd... You want to travel with that? Yeah. You got to at least try it. it. It's delicious. Yeah, you need to travel with it. But... Seth Seth is being responsible and, and preparing to drive home after this, so he is not uh, partaking in the in the enjoy by four twenty IPA that we're currently drinking. But yeah. let's say it's very good. That is it is delicious. It is
0: delicious. Yeah. Um So I don't know. Like I, we could probably talk all day about different theories and whatnot about episode seven or the characters within episode seven. I really want to see like okay. I'm curious about Ray's parents or or her heritage and whatnot, right? But I'm positive that that's going to be revealed, you know, through the oh, yeah. through the duration. Oh yeah. The character that I'm actually more interested in, not more, but like the the portion of the story that I'm more interested in, is how fucked up is Finn after that final battle? Because it looked like he got cut right up the spine. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he's alive, but he's you
1: know not. You can't just throw him in a back to tank for a week and he'll be fine. Yeah, but I really kind of hope they show him in a back to tank. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just yes. just as a callback to, to Empire. Yeah, as much as they did that in the in you know with Episode Seven versus Episode Four, as much
0: as a lot of that movie was it was a callback and, and an homage. Yeah, but a lot of that movie was in a, a callbacks or homages to the entire trilogy. Like this movie gets—I yeah. I don't want to say it gets shit on because it's still relatively well received, especially right. compared to the prequels and whatnot. But. It it actually calls from all three of the original trilogy pretty evenly in terms of different things, sure, uh, different different plot lines and stuff like that. Um, one thing we have heard about Episode Eight is that Maz Katana or whatever her name is, yeah yeah Maz yeah. Maz. Um, I believe we're getting a little bit more in really? depth on okay. on her history.
1: Oh man, so this will be like. So this will be like when they have a big Batman storyline, and they like 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 throw one issue of Nightwing that's that's somewhat related to the story, but it's you know you don't have to subscribe to Nightwing. To like I like <laughs> Nightwing,
0: man. Not anymore. Yeah, it's yeah, not even good. Nightwing anymore. It's, uh, it's just Dick Grayson. Okay, we'll, we'll go old school but, then. It's like
1: it's like when they throw something that's technically related to the story but not necessary into Legends of the Dark Knight. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. or or with shadows or whatever. You know Shadow what I mean? Shadow, the of the the bat. Bat. Yeah. Shadow of the Bat. Shadow of the Bat. Oh God damn it! There, there is still, there is still. This is funny. Sam and I were on the way to Comic Con. We were actually discussing this,
0: and uh I got to go with you guys next year. Yeah, I we, think we might make it a big, you big really, trip. You really do. I think Eddie um, wants to go too. We should. What we should do, and 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 I'm not to cut you off because I'm gonna mm-hmm. let you finish your story too. But what we should do is is actually do like, a, go all of us go in on a hotel room and whatnot. Oh yeah. Um, and hopefully by then we actually have somewhat of of a of a following so that we can yeah. kind of pull off of that yeah. maybe we even get press passes and whatnot yeah. press passes would be cool because then we could actually be like hey we're come on interview i mean we're, you guys did pretty good we're, and we're gonna get press. into that here in a minute but um yeah yeah um but i i, I definitely want to want to check out emerald city comic-con because i think it's i mean if it's not WonderCon or dragon con or you know comic-con international it's Emerald City. Emerald City is pretty big. I mean, it's it's nationally recognized at this point. Tons of people, great cosplay. Yeah, it was
1: it was beautiful. But yeah, yeah. Sam and I were driving up there, and we were kind of talking about the exact same thing about uh, you know the 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 portions of the Nightfall storyline that didn't fall within any major titles. You know, like the ones that were in Showcase. And exactly, we (laughs) we were talking about like you know going back to. <laughs> when when Bruce goes to fucking Costa Rica or whatever, and he actually
0: gets his back healed, Knight, night's Quest. Yeah, I Knight's, think
1: Knight's Quest. When he yeah. when he yeah, before he he He's talking to the the, to the, the um,
0: um international doctor whatever See, whatever she was.
1: Yeah yeah yeah, and that that was part of the thing. We we're trying to remember who the fuck she was, and we we're just like Chandra. Yeah, it was Chandra. It was definitely, Chandra definitely Chandra. Chandra something. And then Sam was like Chandra Grimes, and I was like, oh, it's close to that, definitely and then two minutes later i was like it was kin solving yeah close to grimes. Grimes. you know something <laughs> not at all close to grimes but we fucking figured it out wasn't uh, she european uh no she was black that's all i remember <laughs>
0: i don't think that means she's not european she was like
1: mocha black you know she was like the light-skinned
0: dude john boyega is he's a british he's a i know what the
1: fuck he, I wouldn't have known.
0: No. At all at all. Yeah. I think it's funny that Daisy Ridley got to keep her accent, but then he he, <laughs> he played it as a straight up like American which, dude, which is
1: hilarious because in Star Wars, generally the bad guys are the British ones. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, look at look at look at Luke versus Moff Tarkin. Is
0: yeah. she not the perfect fucking heroine though? For
1: oh yeah, no, they they had to look a long long time to find somebody that had. You know the the toughness, but vulnerability. And this is a, a terrible the, the picture of that we're does. looking at right now. But
0: like, she's a good looking gal. Like, not hit it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'd like to see Daisy and some Daisy Dukes, if you know what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I yeah. love, I love, I love like this the the picture that we're looking at in, in right now is is her like offering up the lightsaber to Luke when she finds him at the end of Episode mm. Seven. Spoilers. What? Anyway. Um, I, I love the look on her face, though. She's like, get this fucking thing away from me. And you She's know like, you know, we're going to open up episode 8 with him going like, nah, you keep it. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know. We'll see.
0: There, there's always like... Maybe a, they trade. Maybe he gives her the
1: green one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Okay. Here's really the accents your eyes. Here's the other way He's like, where's my fucking hand? Like, yeah, you, I don't know who you found that lightsaber, did, but where's my fucking hand? Did you find the hand with it? <laughs> Like my robot hand is is all exposed now. I need a I need a real one again.
0: Have you seen the um his tweet that he did with uh, him on her back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which plenty of people been, have. It's been redone a hundred times now. Plenty of people either photoshopped that or, or
1: drew it beforehand too. Yeah, so, the, I mean
0: it wasn't an original thought by means. No, cause. but it's it's hilarious because as soon as he put it out there, then it was it was bait. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's "quote unquote" official or whatever. Like, yeah, And right. they did. They did some, some Mark Hamill uh, thing. They did some. Uh, somebody photoshopped. Uh, it was. It was him as the Joker, <laughs> on the back of Harley Quinn. That's fucking awesome. It was amazing, <laughs> and, it, and it was like straight up out of Batman: The Animated Series, right? So, right. Oh, Jesus, yeah. that's beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah, it was awesome. All um, right, so all right. It's... So let's talk about Comic Con a little bit. Yeah, we're good you were the there? Show
1: notes. I I went. I attended. Yes. Yeah, what you, so what emerald City
0: comic-con uh, ladies and gentlemen uh, in Seattle it's uh Washington. we just yeah we just talked about it a little like a few minutes ago about how it's it's largely one of the well fastly becoming one of the largest comic-cons in in, in the United States hashtag eccc mm-hmm. eccc mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I mean obviously for those of you who aren't familiar with the comic-con um lifestyle or whatever uh, Comic Con International San Diego biggest one out there um, you act like I sucked 50 dicks when I was there <laughs> the Comic Con lifestyle you and I both <laughs> know it was just 37 um, Man, This is fair enough anyway um, Comic Con Inter- International in San Diego is the largest one including um, me yeah
1: they 37 <laughs> better be up to including you come on
0: no um and then um right behind that actually the biggest the biggest con i think is um uh, fan expo which is in canada oh uh but then we've got WonderCon in anaheim which is not i think it, it's right behind comic-con international in terms of time of the year i think it's like september october when they do that one um but emerald city i think um is is probably uh, it, it's right way, up there. DragonCon, we got DragonCon in Atlanta, I think, but yeah. it's in Atlanta, and who goes fucking yeah, there? Yeah, fucking Atlanta, except for
1: <laughs> Walking Dead people, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely massive, absolutely massive, and honestly, they need a they need a bigger space for it. the uh, The Seattle Convention Center, like they've they spread it out to the the Sheraton Hotel next door, as well as uh, you know multiple buildings that are across the block and it's still you know it's still not big enough like the venue they could they could fit more vendors and you know spread out the space that, that people have it's yeah especially especially Saturdays are always the busy days you know and, the, right, and, the, Saturdays. and Saturdays you know that most of the people that are going to be in costumes are either in costumes or people that are in costumes all of the days are in their best costumes on Saturdays and, you know, it's just an entire
0: e- ECC farm. actually starts on, like, a Thursday now, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a four-day con now. It's a Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, It used to Sunday. be just Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I think they, they moved it up. Yeah. Um. I know Wizard World, uh, when they started doing that in Portland, Um. it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I bought the weekend pass the first year it was there. Yeah. Didn't do Friday because um I had to pick up my kids from my ex before we could go up, and that was on Friday night. So we didn't actually get up to Portland until, like, 930 10 o'clock something like that sure um and check into the hotel but saturday we spent all day there saturday and then all day sunday and it was saturday was definitely like the the big rush you know saturday doesn't matter where
1: you go it's always saturday's the big day so saturday we were definitely having a lot of issues with crowding in eccc uh but you know it was it was still a great con either way um there was some some very large artist sections uh Sam and I got a couple of interviews uh from from artists uh from uh Chris Burnham and uh Dustin Wynn who have who have both done Batman work Bat- Batman Inc. for uh Chris Burnham and then uh what is the the what the kids the Batman kids Oh Dustin Yeah Dustin Wynn Dustin Wynn, Wynn. Yeah. Uh, well, Little Gotham Little Gotham that's right Yeah that's right. and he's done other stuff too he's done a bunch he of stuff Yeah well, he, and he does, did some of the Batman uh animated series stuff Or No 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 the
0: they did a Batman the animated. Oh,
1: Batman Beyond. Yeah, he did Batman Beyond. Batman art. Beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did Batman Beyond art. Uh, so we got about uh, six or seven minutes with each of those, uh, which which we'll post up later on. To yeah, I don't you know, know if they'll go up
0: with this episode, but we will definitely try and cut them into uh, the next episode, if not this one.
1: Yeah, or you know, even even put them up as something separate, and you know, kind of tag or, or tweet. Uh, to to Dustin and and Chris to to let them know, but they're both you know fantastic and and super you know willing and, and eager to do that. We we managed to get in uh, on the Friday there, so you know the lines for people in general weren't were as long, um, so we were able to kind of just sit there at the booth and, and take a few minutes with each of them. And uh, in, in the case of uh, Chris Burnham, I you know I got I got one of his books there, one of his comics, and purchased that, which is fucking it's weird but it's really good it's called nameless uh it's a very very sci-fi type of a uh, type of a thing it's a sci-fi horror book uh which very interesting written by grant morrison uh so check that out if you give the chance um
0: i'm, but, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna pause real quick oh yeah uh just uh for me and and i can speak for eddie on this too um, this show was kind of uh, mine and Eddie's brainchild, um, and with a lot of input from my wife too. In fact, the name of the show came from from her idea and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't ask Bryce and Sam uh, to do this, and so uh, speaking for Eddie and myself, I think it's um, it's awesome that because Bryce and Sam are involved with the show in some capacity, like they really uh, take ownership of that role and and went up there and actually. Um, sought out some interviews with with some relatively uh, creative and, and important people within the field um, on on our behalf. So um, you know, from Eddie and myself, I, I just want to tell you and, and your brother who's not here right now, but um, thank you for doing that because that's that's. I mean, we don't get paid for doing this; none of us do. And I just think it's awesome that um, a couple of guys that, for all intents and purposes, could have gone up there and just had a blast and done whatever they wanted mm-hmm. to do. Uh, actually, took you know those precious moments with with some some creators and and dedicated that to the show. So oh, man. thank you. And, and it was totally our
1: pleasure. Uh, and, and I'll I'll tell you what, there's definitely a different type of interaction you get between you know kind of going up and and buying something from a guy, and you know maybe getting a signature, or whatever, and saying, hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of with a podcast, and you know, if you don't mind taking a few minutes and you know chatting with us just a little bit like you know you get you get a lot of interesting insight that you wouldn't get otherwise and you know in previous years i've had a lot of experiences where you know there's been a few people who books that i've read and enjoyed and I, honestly to that point i hadn't read a whole lot of you know either dustin's or uh chris's work and you know there's definitely a different a different vibe you get from people um Especially at a Comic-Con atmosphere when there are just so many people all around that, you know, they're kind of they're kind of wanting to say, okay, yeah, yeah, cool, nice to meet you and everything like that. And, you know, take maybe, maybe 20, 30 seconds, chat with you just a second, and then, you know, you take off. But, yeah. you know, you say, hey, you know, I'm with a podcast, would you mind, you know, taking a couple minutes to chat with us? You know, you get a little bit more insight and a little bit more uh, of a feeling of who these people are, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and here's what's weird, um, and I've not been to ECCC, mm-hmm. so I, my 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 experience with comic cons have been, uh, you know, Wizard World and whatnot. But what's crazy to me is Artist Alley, or Creators Alley, if you will, mm-hmm. and then you've got the other side of the building that is um, either Booth or the uh, actors. Well at this
1: point, they actually they actually split up Artist Sally into two sections. Like the way that Emerald City works, uh, you know, there's there's a, a, a large convention center building, then there's a sky bridge, and on the other side of the Sky Bridge, there's another section. They actually had two Artist Sally sections, one on one on each on each building on either side of the Sky Bridge. So they kinda yeah, they, they kinda mixed it all in a little bit more than they have in the past.
0: Right. So here's the thing though at Wizard World and I don't know if it's the same at other cons but at Wizard World it's it's weird because everybody seems to want to be in the line to meet um you know Brent Spiner or Norman Reedus or Lou Ferrigno or Stanley or whatnot, wh- whoever's big in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um Bruce Campbell was at the con, at the con that I, actually Bruce Campbell and Norman Reedus were both at the at the con that I went to last and it was <laughs> fucking insane the lines for those two. Like just ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um, on the other side of the building, though, you've got the artists and 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 creators. And honestly, guys, come on. If you don't have these artists and writers of comic books on this side of the building, you don't have the actors on the other side of the building because they're. I mean, they're they're doing stuff that these other guys have already laid down. But for whatever reason, everybody wants to meet Daryl Dixon, or the Incredible Hulk, or or whatever. Um, sure. When I was when I was at Wizard World last, my daughter, my youngest daughter, was uh, an infant still in a stroller, you know what I mean? Um, and there was, like, we were kind of paused in the middle of an aisle and we we're, like, deciding what we were going to go do next and whatnot. And I, I hear this guy talking to my kid in the stroller. And obviously she's not responding because she's, you know, little and whatnot and just making baby noises. A stupid baby. <laughs> and I turn around. It's fucking Chris Claremont anybody God damn. anybody who's read an x-men comic book uh since the 70s owes chris claremont a, a bit of gratitude and, and a small debt for what he did for that franchise and whatnot um and you know to top that all off if you watch the the latest x-men movie um uh, days of future past because apocalypse uh, apocalypse isn't out yet chris claremont is in that movie you know what i mean like he's on screen and whatnot nobody in line for him like he's literally talking to my infant child because he's sitting at his table not doing a fucking thing you know yeah um and so i turned around and had a really good conversation with him and and it's just go see the guys that created these people you know what i mean like that's where
1: comic-con really really shines because i'll tell you what i'll tell you what you know um and as an example i'll use uh fucking stargate what's the actor's name stargate the tv show well there's lots of them the there's, main... there's richard dean anderson yes richard dean Anderson. <laughs> R- richard D- thank you macgyver macgyver so the, the, the thing about you know looking to the actors and everything that you know kind of kind of embody these characters versus you know the writers and artists and everything that create them uh you're going to be talking to people that are are going to nerd out with you and they're going to appreciate Yeah, because rick, rick Richard, anderson Richard doesn't Jean even remember
0: half the shit he did yeah, as, like, as jack o'neill i saw, O'Neil. I saw you know a, a panel
1: mean? i saw a panel and he was you know he's an entertaining guy and everything but he's he's definitely not a you know a big fan of the show or anything like that like that's a job to him you know and and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but you know if you're really looking for people to kind of give you some insight into the creative process of what it what it's like to uh you know draw or create something that they that they actually genuinely enjoy right. like like batman or whatever yeah that that's go to artist Alley and, and find some of those people and you can have a a good conversation i, I have outside. a funny
0: richard dean anderson story <laughs> uh or slash jack o'neill story i was sure. watching stargate sg1 actually today and not uh, surprised right <laughs> Because it's one of my favorite series. Yeah. Um, but I was watching it today. And the episode in general, uh, or in specific, is... Uh, I don't remember the name of the episode. But it was one where they had been brainwashed. And were working underground in this... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, on this planet, whatever. Um And he kind of had started remembering things of, of, of his past life. Before he got brainwashed and stuff. And mm-hmm. he, he's talking to um Major Carter. And he's like, so... I'm starting to remember there's a bald guy in a short sleeve shirt he's really important to me for some reason and and obviously like if you watch the show you're like oh it's General Hammond he's talking about General Hammond right yeah uh, the guy who runs the base yeah. that, they, that they work out of and he goes I think his name was Homer <laughs> you know <laughs> and, um, and that actually that's that's totally Richard Dean Anderson because he's a huge Simpsons fan
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so there's numerous Simpsons references throughout the entire series of Stargate SG-1 all because of him and whatnot. so I mean mm-hmm. What Bryce is saying is true. Go see the creators and artists Alley and stuff like that. But there is elements in the shows and whatnot that are that are brought to you by those those actors. I, I'm not trying to sell wrong. them short.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong with enjoying the actors. Um, but you know, you definitely got to know that largely the people that you're going to get that are actually fans of the work are going to be the writers and the artists. Right.
0: And 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 this is this the sad truth of it is is if you're a fan of Deathstroke the Terminator and Mm -hmm. you're at comic-con and so you see uh manu who plays deathstroke in the in the tv series arrow you're gonna instinctively want to go to his line but if marv wolfman is there on the artist side of things or the creator side of things he's the guy that wrote that character the very first time like he created that character Mm -hmm. and he gets passed over a lot of the time because he's the guy behind the scenes and stuff like that and if you'd like to hear an amazing conversation with marv wolfman that's true. We <laughs> episode 20 of this very show, we interviewed him for an hour. He gave us mm-hmm. an hour and he didn't have to. You know what I mean? No, oh, it was a
1: great great well-done show. Absolutely. That
0: was that was simply that was simply I I was looking for material for the show and I just emailed him and I said, "Hey, can we talk to you about this?" And he was like, mm-hmm. "Absolutely, if you can wait until this time or whatever, we'll do a podcast and Talk about it all you want. And he gave us an hour of his time. And that's why the creative side of comic books and and even, I guess, now movies, pop culture in Mm -hmm. general, like, give them the time of day. If you're at a Comic-Con, don't just stand in line all day to meet an actor. Go talk to these guys because they're the ones that created these characters and they're going to give you more insight to something that you already like in the first place than you've ever had before.
1: And and I'll tell you what, uh, if you go out and you try to get – a big name or even not a big name but but one of the main actors from any of these shows onto your podcast, I, I would say your chances are, are slim to none.
0: Or they're gonna want money. Yeah, yeah. A lot exactly. of them want money. Exactly. And versus I mean versus whatever. I mean if you Marv. do something and you do it yeah. well, don't do it for free. I get it. But that's fair. Yeah. But come on, you you're doing something you love
1: and you're kinda trying to you know, support people that like your work. That's that's I feel like where where Marv came from he was just like hey you guys like the work it's obvious that you're a fan like let's yeah I got time
0: yeah. let's do this yeah know? he absolutely didn't have to do anything for us no. and and but he did and for that we are incredibly thankful <laughs> um, so what else did you do at Comic Con
1: Dude, Comic Con was huge. Comic Con was huge. I bought a bunch of shit, of course.
0: <laughs> Everybody does.
1: Yeah, I, I I bought some great books, some shit that I'm very excited. Uh, I I gotta give a shout out to uh, Things from Another World, which uh, if you're if you're listening, go check out their website. Um, I'll I'll tell you this. I they're c- local, aren't they? Like from Oregon? Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're local. Uh, they're they're local, but they've got a website you can get to them from anywhere. And I'll tell you what, that's a place where every single year that I've gone as like, you know, day to day, they will put bigger discounts on their graphic novels. And, you know, they're, they're not busting out like the, you know, the, the big sellers or anything there, there's some relatively small name ones, but I found some really awesome diamonds in the rough. Like this year, for instance, I found, um, you know, 30 days a night which I, th- I thought they made an amazing movie out of with Josh Hartnett, uh, originally a graphic novel. Um, I think that was actually the last big movie Hartnett did. Uh, yeah, I honestly. think so. Yeah. I think so. It's been a long time. Um, but I, I found a, a 30 Days of Night graphic novel, uh, which which is, I think, I think three stories combined into one, one of which was written by Matt Fraction, in fact. Uh, I found that cover price was 50 bucks, and they were at an 80% off graphic novel sale so I, I you know I got it for 10 bucks
0: I I, I kind of feel bad for fraction because okay. he got put in a position when they did the uh when Marvel did their Avengers versus x-Men series mm-hmm. where I believe and it really felt like to me that Marvel put the weight of the entire company on his shoulders um because they wanted him to be their version of Jeff Johns yeah you know what I mean yes absolutely um, And Jeff Johns obviously is super talented for DC and does amazing work for them. Uh, And Fraction did amazing work for Marvel too, but I don't know that the work he does stuff that, I mean, you got to really be, I mean, okay. His work is amazing, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's something that just anybody can walk in off the street and get because he gets the characters, characters that he writes about probably better than, the people that created most of those characters you know what i mean yeah yeah. um fractions amazing right of course course. yeah Yeah. and so i think he kind of got the shaft in that in that regard because they they put the weight of the entire company on him and then um x-men x-men avengers uh avengers versus x-men was kind of it was what it was and it we're still dealing with the ramifications of it now Mm -hmm. uh in in comic storyline and stuff like that but i don't think people really latched on to it like they did for like greenland and rebirth and mm-hmm. the other stuff that jeff johns did so yeah. it is what it is but I, I love his work
1: i don't know so do you think that that matt fraction is is better off when he's creating his own characters that you don't know about beforehand
0: i think matt fraction needs an environment like image provides where he's kind of got free reign to do what he wants to do instead of having to work within the confines of an, an establishment established characters yeah yeah
1: maybe maybe he would be benefiting from something like an elseworlds or something where he kind of gets to do his own well i don't
0: think marvel gave him the freedom that jeff johns character. has had with dc i mean no, jeff right. johns especially but now if, because if. he's the chief creative officer of dc now so jeff Johns says i think we should do this there's not a lot of guys there that are like no i don't think that's a good idea you know what i mean yes he, he's, you've he's literally like, made like, made us like billions, Lucas, but his ideas are good you've literally made us billions of dollars now so yeah here's the checkbook do what you need to do um whereas Marvel's kind of been in dire straits for a lot of years in terms of their comic books are concerned and so like he goes and and like fraction goes and does stuff and he's like and kind of meets a wall of opposition i think a lot of the time um i believe he's the one that wrote the uh the death of professor x into uh avengers x-men and i i'm kind of wondering how he even got that Fucking through. spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, spoilers. I did not know that. Yeah, that was fucking that. five years ago, man. Come on. God damn it. You're fucking
1: <laughs> killing my vibe right now. Okay, so anyway, jumping back to, to, to Comic-Con really quick. Yeah, the other thing, uh, like I said, we were able to get Chris Berman and uh, Dustin Wynn uh, to give us a quick interview. Uh, Sam definitely wanted to get Fiona Staples. I was a little bit nervous about that, uh, but, you know, as, as I kind of figured she was... Far too busy to do anything resembling an interview uh, with us, and uh, Matt says you guys have talked about every issue of Saga that's come yeah. out so far. Yeah. Fantastic book. Her her Specifically artwork is Fiona. amazing, and and yeah, Fiona Fiona Staples is a goddamn sweetheart. Like she's amazing. She's so cool.
0: You um, I don't and I don't know if you've reached this point in the comic book, and this isn't too big of a spoiler for you, so I'm I don't feel bad about it. But Upshur yeah. and Doff. Mm-hmm. Upsher and Doff, the uh, yeah. the writers, the the, the the tabloid guys, yeah, yeah. the tabloid guys, um, the, the gay, the fags. <laughs> there's a, there's a specific meeting between them and the Will. Okay. And he refers to them as Doff and Upshur. Okay. And Up gets really pissed off, and he was like, he was like, the writer always gets credited first, but if you've ever read Saga, you know that Fiona <laughs> Staples always has the first credit. No,
1: you know what's funny? I actually noticed this completely independent of if you're telling me this. I noticed that between volume four and volume five, they swapped Fiona Staples and Brian K. Did they? Okay. So and was, I bet that that's because of that.
0: It, yeah. It, it's hilarious. It, I mean, it was like, cause I noticed that cause I went back and especially cause I, you know, I read the next issue and I'm like, wait yeah. a minute, Staples gets the first credit in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, deservedly so. I mean, yeah. not that, not that Brian Vaughn's a bad writer. He's a great writer. In fact, the story isn't what it is without him. Um, but her artwork really, really moves that book along, in, yeah, and like well, and and she just puts such
1: absurd things on paper, but they fucking make perfect sense when she does it. Like, like if you have not picked up an issue of Saga, uh, trust me, pick it up. You won't be able to fucking put it down. Um, it's it's a fantastic comic, and I. And there's boobs on the first page of the first issue. <laughs> exactly yeah that's all i care about i mean they're feeding a baby but there's boobs (laughs) it's one of those that you know it's so fresh
0: and so original uh mm. it's well done i mean there's no there's no other way to put it than it's just an extremely well done story Every,
1: every aspect of it is great you know if you if you either haven't gotten into comics or you feel like you know you're reading comics and and things are kind of kind of played out uh go pick up an issue of saga it's it's fresh and it's a fantastic story um and it's definitely one that i'm not able to put down
0: yeah um I'll, i'll i will compare it like this if you're a moviegoer um superhero comics are essentially the popcorn movies of the comic industry um you know what you're getting Uh, it's pretty hard to be disappointed if that's what you're looking for Mm. um saga is the art house film yeah like pure and simple it it is the art house film of of the comic book world and but it's it's so well done
1: but it's winning awards at cans because it's it's got it's got appeal for everyone (laughs)
0: You I don't know. think it's actually won any awards again. But <laughs> shut up. You know what I mean. This is the the metaphor is, of the art is, house film. Fuck you. This is the Sundance <laughs> film that gets picked up for a major distribution contract. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: it's it's Kevin Smith's.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's what I mean. It's a bigger name than it's that. It's the Clerks <laughs> of comic books. Okay. It's better than Clerks.
1: It's it's better than and it, and it, and it's got a bigger name behind it than Clerks did. But you know, Oh whatever, come whatever. on. Image. That's kind of a big name. Yeah. It's, They're kind it's, of a big name. Kind, kind of where Spawn came from. I don't know if you heard of that.
0: Spawn? What's that? (laughs) Todd McCoo? It's like we talk about that on the podcast regularly, too. Although not in the past few weeks, because we didn't... Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, was
1: there anything else from Comic-Con that you had uh, any... any, uh... Um, Did you go to any panels? Dude, you know, I did not. That's weird for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was... was, And it's strange, because normally, uh, when we go there, at least one of the people we go with has things that they want to do you know they need to see this person they need to get this signature they need to do that and you know a few people uh that we were loosely there with did have a couple things that they wanted to do um but for the most part like other than maybe you know two things that any of us wanted to do or wanted to get signed yeah, we were just kind of there chilling out the whole time. And it felt like that was just sort of a very organic thing. Like, we kind of looked through the uh, the list of the panels and the different workshops and stuff that they had there, which, you know, looked like they'd be great. But, you know, at the same time, we were just very much in a, you know, let's just kind of chill, walk around, see what we find, you know, buy something if we see something cool. And uh, it was a really relaxing kind of a con
0: there was a couple names that were noticeably absent too from uh years past uh, mm-hmm. i noticed will wheaton wasn't wasn't on the roster or felicia day even for that matter yeah, uh, this year true. which um you know they always bring a little something extra to the to the cons when will wheaton if you guys have never uh followed him on twitter or facebook or whatever I mean, he's very opinionated and some people are turned off by that and whatnot but mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cool to see him at a con because if you take like your cards against humanity if you take the blank cards a black and a white like he will give you a topic and an answer card like he will write them out himself and it's they're always super clever and and ridiculous amazing when he does it so yeah um, plus he is not an asshole in terms of when you go through his line for an autograph he doesn't really charge for those uh, like a lot of people do like Shatner wants 60 to 70 bucks for an autograph if you go through his line yeah and, you know um
1: it, it was it was pretty cool fiona staples uh she was she had a pretty sweet thing going on where she was saying hey like the first five things you want autographed are free <laughs> and beyond that it's like i don't know 10 bucks an autograph or something like that <laughs> so it was super cool because because she's just like okay like i recognize that the did, did you have her are...
0: autograph your shaft so you get it tattooed <laughs> <laughs> no
1: no so this is actually kind of funny like um I, I had some issues with, with Fiona Staples, <laughs> not, not her specifically, but, uh, so, so Friday, <laughs> fr- Friday, I, I went over there. Um, is it because she wouldn't go out for a drink with you? Like, <laughs> so, so Friday, her schedule had her at four o'clock back, uh, you know, signing stuff at her booth or whatever. So I kind of showed up around four 15, And, you know, she still wasn't there. I think she'd had a panel or something and she probably was, you know, having trouble getting back on time, whatever. I don't care. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, I, we, we hung out for a little bit longer and I went back maybe, maybe 20 minutes later, went back 20 minutes later, she was there signing and the line was already capped off. No. Like, so they're just like, we've, we put a cap on the line. So, you know, maybe come back in 10 or 15 minutes. If there's room, then we'll let you in. But if not, no, and I was like, fuck it. You know, I'll just wait for Saturday. Uh, you know, obviously she's very popular and a very busy kind of, a, kind of an artist. Um, so so I came back Saturday, got into the line this time. And the whole plan was to get up there to buy um, volume five of Saga and get her to sign that because I own the first four already. Uh, it, it's one of those that I think I borrowed the first three, um, but you know, shortly after I read them, as soon as I had the opportunity, you know, I, I went ahead and bought that shit. You know, because it's it's a
0: great book. Because you want to support your uh, 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 exactly.
1: Yeah. I want to I want to support people that I that I enjoy creatively, um, and so I get in line. I get to where I'm. You know, I'm probably waiting ten minutes or fifteen minutes, and I'm two people from the beginning. And, or the, you know, the two people from getting to Fiona. And the dude up there buys both remaining copies of volume five. And they don't oh, have any Jesus. more left. <laughs> So I had to jump out of line, run back to the image booth, buy a copy there and stand in line again to get her to sign it. Far. <laughs> <laughs> totally fucking worth it. I don't even care. Totally worth it. But, yeah, it was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was um, great. It
0: was great. Yeah, I cons are weird man like they're they're so fun but at the same time like my I took my daughters when I went to Wizard world and uh I, I don't remember how long ago it was like four or five years ago and uh they were super into power Rangers at the time the oldest mm-hmm. two so they wanted to meet Tommy because he was there the green Ranger right oh, yeah he was like an hour late getting back to his booth and whatnot. And there's no explanation for it whatsoever given. You know what I mean? But when he comes walking up from the back,
2: Hmm.
0: he comes walking up with the Bella twins Um which at the time was formerly WWE Diva, Bella Twins, because they hadn't joined rejoined the company yet at that point. Okay. But he comes walking back up with them. You know what <laughs> I mean? And I'm like, come on, dude. Like, my kids want your autograph, What's and you're back, back there. there. You know, you're supposed to be a good Christian married guy, but here you come with these two chicks. And, I mean, admittedly, they're hot. Yeah, you know, I don't blame the guy, but at the same fair time, <laughs> I don't have a fan booth, right? you know, yeah, a, you, a fan base you, you, waiting for my signature. So, you don't have a schedule that you're supposed yeah. to be keeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, cons are kind of crazy that way. And that may have been coincidence. Maybe they're both getting back from signings or doing the photo op things. If you've never been to a con, what they do is they have the guys at the booth for a certain period of time and then they take them back to a different section of the building that's dedicated to. Uh, photo ops. So you go back to different lines, and there's people paying like anywhere between fifty and a hundred dollars to oh, yeah. pose with you in a picture and have it professionally taken, and then you get a copy of it and whatnot. Um, and so they do that for you know half hour to an hour or whatever, and then they go back to their booth for a couple hours and do more signings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's just kind of how cons go. Uh, Obviously they also have to break for lunch and whatsoever. All all these other things. So, I mean, don't be too hard on the people that you're trying to meet if they're not there right when they're supposed to be because they're people too. I mean, they gotta pee. You know? (laughs) The hottest chick in the fucking con has to take a shit sometimes. I'm just gonna tell you guys that right now. It happens. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa, whoa. whoa. Don't you know? Don't you know that the ugly girls poop twice as much and the hot girls
1: don't poop at all? (laughs) That's oh, the way it works. That's the way it works. I, I hate to break this to you. I hate to break this to you. All right. Um,
0: anything else from Comic-Con?
1: Dude, no. Other than the fact that it was just a fucking blast. You know, my feet hurt, obviously. I I, uh, forced my friend Hannah to pick my, my costume for Saturday. Uh, and That did not
0: go the direction I thought it was going to.
1: It. <laughs> No no no. Well, yeah yeah yeah. So, you know, she she was like, "Hey, everybody's got to dress up." So, so I ended up going as a as a male version of Ray. I did a gender oh, bender. I did yeah, a gender yeah. bender. So, so that was pretty interesting and mostly I got I got Honestly, your boobs are probably commenting bigger, on that. So, hey, you know, whatever. Whatever. i Definitely got bigger guns, whatever. <laughs> uh, but but that was a ton of fun and that that definitely went really well. Only got a couple pictures but uh, you know a lot of the a lot of a lot of girls were like, Ugh, guy Ray, it's a guy Ray. A guy so what Ray. what
0: did uh, Cupcake do? Did he dress up at all?
1: Yeah, he he did a, um, a somewhat kind of a, a generic Jedi that he kind of, you know, just designed a costume for. Kind of looked like a Sub-Zero costume in fact, <laughs> not going to lie, but without the mask, you know. More more of a Star Wars hood. <laughs> Did did he wear like a blue robe and shit? Like The uh so it was two pieces, like sort of. Um he had like a black black pants and, and top. And then he had um uh, like a dark blue thing over the top with a hood, and there were there were two strips down in front and uh, one in the back.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So you know, it was. It was it so ended up so you
0: were Ray, and your brother was Sub Zero, and yeah. And then that's... then Hannah
1: went as a pinup version of Rogue, ooh, which was oh. exactly as cute do as you, you might have pics. Uh, you know, we only took um, some like photo booth pics. So, so yes, so you do have pics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dark Horse had a uh, a photo booth up there where you could you know kind of pick up some props and and uh, take some prop photos at a photo booth. So. Yeah. We we did, we did that, but we didn't take a lot of like phone pictures or anything like that. We didn't do any of that.
0: What's Dark Horse rapping these days? They're not like they don't have Star Wars anymore. That's back to no, Marvel, they, so. They don't
1: have a, they don't have Star Wars. They had a bunch of interesting looking books though. I don't know. I mean, none that I've heard of. I haven't read
0: any Dark Horse books in yeah. a long time, so. But they
1: actually had a uh, what was it? A, a Portland themed one, I think called Stumptown which looked really interesting. Sort of know. a sort of a, a detective detectives type of a a storyline. But yeah, as far as like a big sort of a flagship thing, I, I don't really think they had much. Mm. Weird. All yeah. right. But they had one of the very few exhibits with a padded carpet, and Ooh. my feet thanked them. <laughs> Ooh.
0: Because you were you were tired from all the walking around. Yeah, a
1: lot, a lot of walking around. A lot of walking around. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. <laughs> um. All right. I guess that brings this episode to a close. Um. One of our shorter episodes, at, uh, clocking in at just under two hours hey we'll uh so there you go and that'll get cut down even more hopefully because yeah there's he'll a lot chop of some drivel and trash chop some, some shit out <laughs> or he won't i mean
1: <laughs> whatever he'll just post
0: it yeah. sometimes he leaves weird shit in just if you slog through, like through an this easter egg kind of a thing we love you hmm. uh so all right from those of us here at the whatever show have a good night